welcome to episode 58 of Offbeat Tracks. Welcome. I'm Danielle. Don't mind me, I just I grabbed an old uh, Lou Diamond Phillips DVD to use as a coaster here for my... This is a really the... supremely shit. It's called Dangerous Touch. This looks really good. Who's yeah. he starring with? Uh, do you, do you, she, uh, her name's uh, Kate uh, Vernon, is it? Oh, okay. She was in... Uh, she she played like the mean preppy girl in, in um, was it Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles? She's in one of those two. I always get those two confused. They're literally she's the a same movie. To Canadian me. blonde actress. Um, but yeah. Anyway, this is this is like an erotic thriller from like nineteen ninety four that. <laughs> Luke, Diamond. Oh, he he directed it too. So oh, this is like, ba- like it. basically he wrote a movie that was an entire elaborate ruse to bang Kate Vernon on camera. I think. That's, I really like, and you know what? Smart. Respect, I, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. I mean, if Boy, I had that power. I guess there's a first time for every phrase to be said. <laughs> so, respect, anyway, Lou Diamond Phillips. It's actually a good segue, because you know what we're talking about today? A terrible movie. Yes. I'm not saying that Dangerous Touch is terrible. Oh, no, I it's, have, it's terrible. I've not seen it. I, you it's, know, it's pretty terrible. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it could be really good. But this one is categorically You, you would not be wise bad. to do that. This movie that we're going to talk about, the soundtrack anyway, we don't need to talk too much about the movie, even though you did watch it. For this I did episode, watch it. And I was so excited. We're talking about Can't Stop the Music. Yes, we've confused everyone now. They're like, wait, what's Dangerous Touch? Does it have a soundtrack? No, we, yeah, we're, we're talking good, about... Uh, does Dangerous Touch have a good soundtrack? Actually, there is one kind of really good song on it. <laughs> And I, I remember, like, back in the early days of Napster and whatnot, I always used to look for this, but I'm pretty sure it was just something that they recorded 30 seconds of for this movie, because you just hear it in a little bloop where she's, like, at a photo shoot. So, I, anyway, we're not talking about fucking Dangerous Sorry. Touch today. Sorry. We're talking about Can't Stop the Music. Yes. Yay! The 1980 Village People movie and soundtrack, mostly the soundtrack here. Mostly the soundtrack. Um, yeah, the movie is... The movie's an adventure. That's you, yeah. That's I think that's a that's way. a that's a good way to put it. The movie it's, is an adventure. It's a very fun little snapshot of what New York City was like as the '70s were going through their death throes and the '80s were trying to spring through and find their identity. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in this movie, which I love because we talk about that a lot in, you know, a lot of our music. Like, okay, like this is like what 1980 was. Like we've talked about that yeah. a lot. Like this is this is one of those things that tries to do that a little bit too hard. And fails miserably. Yes. Which is one reason why the movie did not work. Because by the time it came out in like late 80, it was like summer, fall of 80. Think this this whole thing was dead. And everyone was like, we don't want to see this anymore. Go away. We're listening to the neck because they're so hard. Right. Anyway. (laughs) Which is weird too because like like you point out, really, the village people had not been around that long. No. And and so it's kind of weird that society was just ready to cast them aside but i guess it yeah, shows it you just, just what like, a novelty draw they were it was but it, it is kind of like the movie you can tell is autobiographical to an extent right i mean like the actual way that the village people came together probably was not too far off of some of the stuff that actually happens that in google, this movie i saw that google is now um i can't it's like it's they define the movie as a musical and also a biopic which I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, I mean... I'm, it is a little bit. It's got We're going to talk about some of the scenes in the movie as we go along with the songs. I mean, it's kind of inevitable. But yeah, I think that it's just a kind of a romanticization... Romanticize, you know the word I'm trying to... Romanticization. Thank you. A romanticization of the formation of the village people. <laughs> yes. Is that is that fair? Yes. Okay. I, it's... it's um, yeah. It's, so this movie, as we said, came out in 1980. Um. It was issued on CD in uh, 1999, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, soundtrack album. It took 
quite a bit of time for that to come out, actually. Yeah, it, it became more of a cult status thing after a while when people were like, we want to see this movie. And so, like, with the revival of, like, DVDs being everywhere and the internet, you could, there was more of a demand for the stuff. So that's when yes. the stuff started getting And we, we should note, if you want to watch this movie, it is on uh, Amazon Prime yes. Video. And it has so, been for a while, but I don't know. I'm always can, afraid it's going to go away. So, yes. Hopefully it. it's still there by the time this episode comes out, <laughs> right? you know, in a few days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, worth noting, this was uh, also kind of the debut of the Village People's new lead singer. Their original mm-hmm. lead singer, Victor Willis, had left the group. Um, this new guy's name was Ray Simpson, and I believe he is still the lead singer of the Village yeah. People, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's still it's with still them. still all the same lineup, so, I want to say. I don't want to dwell on this, but I do want to say, like, if you... It's worth reading, and it's interesting to look up stuff about Victor Willis, the original lead singer. Um, he actually recorded a solo album in 1979 that did not get released until 2015. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, so it, it got shelved. There was some kind of legal hang-up. And there's also, there's a lot of, like, legal BS that goes on between yeah. Victor Willis and the group over songwriting. It's kind of interesting if you get into that sort of thing, read about it. It's, it's, I think it's still there's some in drama the there. Too. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it was recently settled, like within the last three or four years. But oh. it's still, it's interesting. It's worth reading about. I'm not going to go into it here, though. Um, Ray Simpson, though, this guy who was the, the new lead singer of the Village People, the new cop. Uh, the new cop. Thank you. <laughs> um, his sister, uh, also worth noting, is Valerie Simpson of Ashford and Simpson, mm-hmm, who right? you know from some 80s R&B and pop hits and yep. whatnot. So this is her, uh, her brother, Ray, um, the new lead singer of the Village People, the new cop. Um, can't Stop the Music, uh, the single itself, charted, um, I believe, number <laughs> number 97 on the Hot 100. It really did not do very well. It was on there. Have was, you ever had there. a single on the Hot 100, Max? No, but you know what? <laughs> I, that's actually a bucket list thing for me. Like, I really, I want to be a one-hit oh. wonder. I just want to hit the, I want to hit the Hot 100 one time in my life. I don't even care what novelty, that stupid thing really I had to do. Cool. To, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. I think that, I think that you would know the formula to do it. Oh, thanks. I think that you could, and then you would never worry about ever having another hit again. I'd never have to. That's of where course, the real no. stress comes in. Right, because you know with me, my ego, would there would be none of that. Like, <laughs> I would not be the one going, I'm going to make it again. Like, nope. Not I me. I would love that, like, if it became really big and you were in, like, press interviews and they were like, wow, what's coming next? We'd be like, nothing. I'm done. I'm done. Leave me alone. Yep. This is all I need. <laughs> Why are we talking, Ellen? So, I mean, in their defense, though, the village people had had... Plenty oh, yeah, of Hot 100 yeah. success before this. It's, yeah, this is um, this is part of the disco backlash. So you have to understand this is coming out, and it did. The soundtrack did decently well. So before we step through these, I kind of I think we should give a framework of the movie because we're going to talk about different scenes as they come up. <laughs> so basically, the story is. Uh, there's this guy, Steve Gutenberg, who works like in a gro- he works in a record store. I was going to say a grocery store, yeah. but he uh-huh. works he works in a record store, and he tells his boss to like fuck off in the beginning of the movie and. Because he's going to go be a successful club DJ. So he plays this killer set and um, he has this, he like lives with this woman, but I, I was not ever clear. Like, are they together? Was that his? No, they're just They're friends. just buddies, right? Yeah. Okay. It's weird. But so yeah, he lives with this woman who has just left her career as a model. Valerie Perrine. Valerie Who apparently Perrine. was a thing in the 70s. I've never heard of her. I'd never seen her also, before Also, in interestingly enough. Olivia Newton-John was originally going to be in this role, and she skipped it for Xanadu, like my other favorite movie oh, of this exact I can't time. see Olivia Newton-John having done the topless scene in the YMCA. That would have been a stretch for her, I think. Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, just this movie sets you off on a, like, at first, like, the first 10 minutes are deceptive because they're so normal. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this guy, is he works in a record store, and he wants to be a DJ, yeah. and like, okay, I'm with this so far. And then all of a sudden, he, like, lives with this woman, and... Uh, it's like, okay, maybe he's gay, I guess they're friends, whatever, but 
I, you know, they never really explained that. But then randomly, um, they're just like in their apartment talking. You know where I'm going with this. Yes, uh-huh. They're just in their apartment talking. And all of a sudden, the guy in full Indian garb walks in. And she's like, oh, hey, Felipe. Like he's just hanging out in their house. And he's like, oh, hey, honey. You're like. Just came to watch TV. I hope that's okay. Yeah, why not? In my Indian headdress <laughs> in the middle of the day and my hot pants for no reason. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. It's. So that's just the tone of the movie for there. And then she like tells him to do a rain dance for whatever reason, and then he does, and it's like, yeah, uh, and, yeah so it's a lot. Then basically, <laughs> the 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 people who her agents, who her her modeling agents, are really upset that she's retired and they want her to come back. She wants her, but her good buddy slash roommate Steve Gutenberg to have success as a DJ. So they like look at their buddy Felipe, the Indian dancer. And start seeing dollar signs, I guess. And they start randomly running into these other people who they just start seeing dollar signs. And they're like, we're going to make a music group. And so that's kind of the setup for the movie. Oh, and also Caitlyn Jenner is there Mm -hmm. running around. And this is like pre-realization Caitlyn Jenner. So she like plays a lawyer in this movie. And so you'll have these scenes of her like in these, you know, nice like lawyer suits, like looking like a lawyer as much as any lawyer looked like a lawyer in 1980 with that that haircut you know oh yeah that yeah. was oh god but then it's like it's just weird because it's like here i am walking down the street with my lawyer and she's like got hot pants and a crop top on <laughs> that's it's just it's so gay this movie's so gay it, but it never actually mentions the gayness which i right love. no one ever never. says anything about gayness the no. whole time no 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 and it's there are parts of this movie that are so, so, so gay. And I guess we can talk about the one scene since we're kind of going to jump over that when we get to the soundtrack. Yeah. They did re-record their hit YMCA for this with the new singer. And there's a, there's a scene where they are going through the YMCA as all this is happening. And there are a couple shots they cut to of like 20 guys in the shower together. All like <laughs> ma- like standing really, really close. And all very sudsy. But like, there are wieners. Yeah, there are wieners, there are butts. Um, so that's like the one, there's a lot the of gayest sports. moment. That's the closest they get to like being overtly there gay. There's a lot of sports done gayly. I, I prefer, mm-hmm, I, my mm-hmm, favorite mm-hmm. is the boxers. They're like, oh, but they're like dancing, boxing, and then they like flip over each other and the wrestling. And it's, Man. it's, um, yeah, but no, nobody's gay in this movie. No, being Nobody. gay, being gay in 1981 and having the YMCA, I mean, that must just have been like, that that was that was their Xanadu. I mean, I know Olivia Newton-John did Xanadu, but like this was really this was their Xanadu. <laughs> so let's talk let's talk about these songs on this soundtrack because uh-huh. uh, now we, we kind of given that outline of, of the film, so we can sort of talk about these scenes. So "Can't Stop the Music" is the title yes. track, and it, this is like their big performance at the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Um, this to me, I mean, this movie really is a musical. It like breaks into song for sure. I mean, it, it's not like one of those like band movies where it's just in the background and there's this is like a real musical and can't stop the music to me is like the village people do a Broadway musical song. It sounds like that, mm-hmm. like an opening or a beginning kind of like, here's where we are. You can't stop the music. It sounds like a musical and it's whatever. It's silly, but it's like the village people do a musical. I completely agree with you. It's it um, works. also worth noting this scene. Every time I thought it was done and over, it just kept mm-hmm. like literally the song is can't stop the music. And it felt like the scene lasted half an hour. <laughs> the song just keeps going and keeps going and they keep singing the chorus over and over. And I'm like, by the end, I was going, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And like everybody comes on stage with them, like all their managers and everything in the big you know finale where they're on stage. Yep. Their costumes are dope AF, by the way. Uh-huh. It's like. All their like village people personalities, but they all like 
have glittery sequined versions of the costumes. Very cute. Music makes the world go Uh, there are, I think, three or four songs on this soundtrack. Let me look. Uh, I think notes. it's three. three. It's two Richie families and oh no, no it is, four. It's, it is four. four. It's four. So um, yeah, we have a couple other songs by some other artists here. This one, Samantha. This it's is my favorite. Really, it's probably my favorite disco song of all time. I love this song. So this I is by it. David London, which was a stage name. I had to. Re- I cannot believe I had not ever sat down to read about this guy. Uh-huh. He went by the stage name Fergie Fredrickson. Um, his mm-hmm. real name was Dennis Fredrickson, but most people know him as Fergie Fredrickson. He was in the band Survivor when they did Eye of the Tiger. He sang back up on that song. And then after Bobby Kimball got fired out of Toto, he was their lead singer for one album. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of just an 80s AOR dude. And this is like an 80s AOR song. Oh, yeah. That for uh, some reason is in a disco movie. It's so good. <laughs> Like, I love this song. Like, this was the first time I ever watched the movie. I had never heard anything from the soundtrack. And this was like, this is the scene where, near the beginning, where they're at Steve Gutenberg's um, this DJ is, Yeah, this is like his breakthrough DJ event. Yeah, and, and this is course, the record he plays that makes everybody model, go crazy. The model's name, Valerie Perrine's name in the movie is Samantha. So this is like a song that he wrote ah. about her. So he was like, this is your song, go dance. And then they all go dance. And I love this song. Like, it's one of those songs that... It doesn't matter what mood I'm in, what music I'm listening to. If this song comes on, I'm in. Like, I need to hear it, like, multiple times. And it's kind of hard to find because they don't really ever talk about this song in the soundtrack. So you can get it on YouTube. But I have a vinyl to this soundtrack now. So it's just like, I just get that soundtrack. I'm like, here we go. Over and over, over and over. (laughs) Like, oh, I love it so much. It's so good. The piano, everything. It's a whole production. You want to see me cry? Well, can't you see that? So now we're going to get to one of the tunes by the Ritchie family, yes. um, who I can't believe, again, I cannot believe I'd never heard of them. Um, you never heard of the Ritchie family? No. Oh. This was my favorite on the whole soundtrack. This They're not give, a family. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> they were um, this. They were assembled by the same production team who assembled the Village People, yes. mm-hmm. um, which is probably why they're in this movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, but this is one of their two songs, Give Me a Break. Yeah, this, I mean, not much to say here. This is funky as hell. It plays it's in the movie right before the Village People's big last scene. It's like, they're, they're kind of like the opening act. But man, I think they, they outshine the Village People. <laughs> I, I love this song. I love the Richie family songs on this album. And like, I love this song particularly because I think it's just, it's like a great feminist anthem. It's like, oh yeah, I've got, I've got education. I've got all this stuff. Give me a break. I deserve this. Like, I love it. It should be a feminist anthem, but no one ever cares. Well, I started out my life trying to find a better way to live in this world from day to day. Now people, don't you know? Don't you 
I guess we have to talk about liberation. I mean, it's this is from like a scene in the movie that's kind of slapsticky where they're recording their first song and it doesn't go super well. Like there's the trope of every time someone talks on a microphone in a movie, it has to feedback. Which yeah. happens for some reason in a fucking <laughs> recording studio. It, it makes no sense. Also, they're recording this song in full garb while dancing. Yes. Like, that's, I don't that's think. That's not how that works. Yeah. Um, no, I really, I think that I don't, I love this song. I think it's a great song. And I think that the scene in the movie cheats it a little bit. I agree because it's like. It's a great song. Politically, like it actually does. It is kind of an interesting song. You know, it's about gay liberation. Exactly. Again, without saying the word gay. And Ray Simpson's voice on this is insane. Yeah, he's a hell of a singer. He oh really my is. Oh, God. Like, this is a really great song, and I think that the silly crap in the movie and this scene just cheapens it, and I don't like that, but I love this song. So Magic Night is the track that plays at the garden party scene in the movie. Because that's how you record a demo. You just find five people on the street and you're like, hey. So this is when, um, this is when Caitlyn Jenner's lawyer character is, wants to introduce the village, this whole village people idea to her superiors in the film. Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, no, this is or is where, this where Caitlyn Jenner this sees... This is where Caitlyn Jenner ends up, like gets rolled by this old lady Outside, he gets like robbed by the old lady, and then finds the cop. That's who goes in right. There and then I don't know. That, like, yeah, there's this the, very bizarre scene of an old lady robbing Caitlyn Jenner and then speeding off while someone else drives her off on the back of a moped. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, but uh, that's right. And then that's how. That's right. That's yeah. how she meets the cop. And they're recording the demo for Steve Gutenberg. Who, by the way, can we talk about Steve Gutenberg for a minute in this movie? We can always talk about Steve Gutenberg. Let's talk about Steve. I don't, I don't want he's pretty hot in this movie. Not gonna lie, I would have with Steve Gutenberg in this movie. However, this dude is literally cocaine. Like, <laughs> he is exhausting. He's just like, every line he does is like his eyes are bugging out, and he's like, Come on, Samantha, I'm gonna have a hit record. Like, he's just like screaming everything, and it's, um, it's exhausting. And Steve Gutenberg, um, yeah, he's recording this demo with all of his friends in the garden party. And this is where Samantha of Ali Perrine is like, wow, I'm going to be your manager after this garden party because that's how you record a demo that no one's ever heard the song before. So they're right again. The in, you're just in a random courtyard in New York City with one reel to reel recorder while you're, everyone is like dancing around and yeah. singing over one microphone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's music playing somehow. <laughs> and then like Caitlyn Jenner gets rolled by an old lady and just happens to be there. And I, I don't know. It's that's just, right. It's an exhausting, exhausting scene. And then I remember fun. they're leaving, and, and Caitlin's buddy says to her, like, your friends are really weird. I mean, I'm like, that's all you have to say about everything you just saw? Okay. <laughs> Come and sing along, join in on my song.
so, so we come to the other David London song here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first song in the movie. Yes. And this is the opening credits. This is like um, the, the flash dance, what a feeling kind of, of this yeah. movie. This is like Steve Gutenberg has just told his boss to fuck off. And so then all of a sudden you're like skating through 1980s or 1980 New York City and, uh, to the sound of the city. <laughs> New Yorker is a city with gusto. It's so silly. It's and very silly. It's uh, it's very lame and so silly, but uh, here we are. You know, like, it's, it's a fun little song. I can't imagine why New York City didn't take this as their main tourist anthem. But, um, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a... Uh, it's no, this is cute. It's it's. I think it's more it's more disco sounding than Samantha than, than his other song. I don't know Samantha to me is more like orchestrated, like large production disco. This is like more accessible disco, maybe. New York, a city with gusto. New York is a big show. It's what's happening. Listen to the sound of the city. Do we have to talk about this one? I love milkshake. It's so, literally a commercial for milk. Uh-huh. Like, if you so, don't watch the movie and you listen to it, you're like, why are they, like, as, doing as, a commercial for milk? As we mentioned earlier, <laughs> okay, that's not what this song is, first of all. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, but <laughs> but so as, as I, we mentioned earlier uh, in discussing this this um, this film, um, Samantha was a model and she quits at the beginning, much like Steve Gutenberg quits his job. Uh, and her management team really wants her back. So after she meets the village people and has assembled this group and is very emotionally invested in it for some reason that is unbeknownst to everyone, uh, <laughs> she calls her manager and is like, yeah, I'll come back to modeling, but I come as a package deal. I've got these six buddies who are going to do. So there's they they're like, OK, we'll take you and your six buddies. And they do this photo shoot on these glittery giant milkshake glasses uh, to a song called Milkshake. That might actually be the gayest song I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a lot, yeah. But it's literally a commercial for milk. It's nothing else. Um, there's no back. Yes. No, there's there's wash. Nope. nope. <laughs> I don't know nothing, what the word is. Nothing gay about it at all. Nothing gay about. No, no subtext. Nothing. <laughs> just a bunch of dudes singing about milk. <laughs> uh, I do just want to point out one completely inconsequential thing, but that I thought was funny. Oh, God. Uh, they actually have uh, a a an audio upload of this on their official YouTube page. This is one of the songs that they post, um, which as you know, when people do that, they generally just put up like one photographic still that you can look at while the song plays. Do you notice anything bizarre about the, the still of this? It's got milkshake spelled wrong. Yes. It says milkshake <laughs> on their official page. Milkshake, the milkshake. Not really sure what that's about, but like, and it's, that's not exactly small text either. Giant text. That was actually the first thing I saw. It yes, wasn't like I had to look at it for the nope, thing. It just it says, says milkshake. You know, low effort. Anyway, moving on. All right. They want something that's cold to drink. Cold to drink. Vitality. Vitality. They need. They need. They also want something good and sweet. Good and sweet. Just get a glass. Just get a glass. Of milk. Of milk. You see, it's not very hard to make. Not very Do the shake, do the shake, do the 
Oh my. So this might have been my favorite scene in the movie. Um, so they all kind of go through these 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 weird little like backstories, right? Of how um, how these different people come into the group. Like we mentioned, like Caitlin gets robbed, and then that's how the cop gets in in into the group. Um, they're in Caitlin's office later, as I mentioned. She plays a lawyer, and the, the biker just shows up, and they're like, "Are you here for the audition?" And he's like, "I'm just here about my taxes." But then randomly he can sing. Oh, Johnny boy. Which, by the way, that in that scene before they go on in the final, when they all are like standing in the dressing room and have their shirts off, mm-hmm. that biker, good lord. Like, even when he is like not wearing a shirt, like he is still wearing a shirt. That is the hairiest person <laughs> I have I have ever seen in my life. It's, it's holy 19, cow, dude. It's 1980. That was like I mean, that's that's abnormal. That is that is like that's that's a werewolf status. You need to anyway need to date hairier men. <laughs> I'm not saying that I do, but I'm just, I've seen a lot in my days. You know, I'll be very frank. I can't, the hairy body thing is just very foreign to me because I am 31 years old and have no body hair. Naturally, I can't help it. I'm still waiting for it. It's not there. I look like a Swedish pool boy. I can't help it. Um, But the the uh, construction worker, this song, I Love You to Death, this comes in at his, Mm -hmm. how he is Mm -hmm. roped into the group. So... He like has a dream sequence about how he doesn't want to be a construction worker and he wants to make it big and there are all these women running around and like one of them like steps on him with her high heel. Did you notice that? Yeah. I was like, ow. Um, but he just is having this big dream about all these gorgeous I guess this was also to kind of show that he's supposed to like not be gay. Did you get pick up on that too? I mean, yeah, that's the whole Seducing movie. all these women. The whole movie to me is just like very gay, but they're like Basically being very gay, but like waving their hands like, I'm not gay. <laughs> it's, it's like the whole movie to me, including this scene, which I think is very, very gay. See, that's uh, funny because how many women are in this? From my end, I picked up on this as this was the construction worker kind of doing his thing and living his dream and his fantasy, which had all these women. And it was kind of their way of saying some of these guys are gay and some of them aren't. Because I think some yeah. like there's a lot of it that's pretty, pretty gay yeah. in the movie. You know, I mean, the YMCA scene, come on. Well, well, yeah, that's the gayest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) That scene is distractingly gay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I love you to death. Like, I don't love this song. I think, I don't know, I just, I find the vocals weird on it. I feel like it just doesn't work. And I think that's probably on purpose. There's a lot of diva happening in this song. Because yeah. he's like trying to be like macho. He's got like those macho voices. Oh, I love you. I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. Maybe that's it why has I'm the just same, like. Um, did you notice that it has almost the exact same groove as Hot Stuff by Donna Summer? Ooh. I love you to death. Da, 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 I've never even thought yeah. about that before. I think it's because so much of disco sounds the same to me. Mm, but there, got it on tape, folks. Well, I, it's a good sound. I like it. The way you move is so amazing. I, 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 I'm loving you. I, 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 I'm wanting you. I, 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 I'll move all over you. Ow! I love you today. I love you today. And uh, finally, we're going to talk about uh, another great song from the Ritchie family. Yeah, it's another it's pure disco sophistication. Brilliance. And it's like you mentioned with their first one that it should be a feminist anthem because I actually kind of had that noted for this one. Oh yeah, this, this is, is like the original No Scrubs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need some sophistication. 
yeah, the Ritchie family were sass machines and I loved them and I love this song. It's just like pure disco brilliance. The Ritchie family keeps taking over this soundtrack, which is good. Like I love them. It's perfect. But yeah, this is the Ritchie family own this soundtrack. They're not in the movie as much as they are on the soundtrack, but it's so good. So good. that's can't stop the music it's a uh, village people album with a couple of guest stars and uh served as the soundtrack to the 1980 title of the same name mm-hmm. again we should throw the out the first winner of the razzie i worst oh you're was just about to say oh, that but okay. go ahead no you're okay no it was the first razzie winner for worst picture yeah if, was... you're, if you're not familiar with the razzies the golden raspberry award they give those out every year for like worst actor worst actress i actually learned some amazing trivia uh-huh. and what i'm going to do is i'm going to toss out this trivia question and we'll give the answer next week how's that okay so um, you've heard of an EGOT, like mm-hmm. an E-G-O-T, so that's when somebody wins an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Um, there is a, only, uh, I think it's like, if you include honorary awards, only 18 people have ever done that. Um, so it's a very exclusive club. But, uh, there's also a, a level above that called REGOT, which means you win a Razzie and all the above. And there's mm-hmm. only one person who's ever done that. So the question is, who is it? Who's the only person who's ever won a Razzie, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony? So hmm. you can think about it, and I will give the answer on that next week. But yes, uh, Can't Stop the Music won the very first Razzie for Worst Picture. Go them. Yeah, it, it was actually um, conceived when, because this was kind. This came out, I think, a little bit after Xanadu. Xanadu, or it's one or the other. And the dude who started it, like, saw both of these movies, like, really close together and he was like holy shit <laughs> like, this is <laughs> this is a problem and so then he, like, so he's like 1980 1980 was a beautiful beautiful year for bad movies there Two you go faves. yeah i mean if you like disco culture and if you can appreciate late 70s early 80s camp watch the movie you'll be oh entertained yeah. it's it's very funny yeah and there actually are some genuinely funny moments the music exec, oh for sure the music exec is I think a fantastic character, and I yeah. love that scene where he can't stop picking up the phone because he wants to sign Rod Stewart. <laughs> I love it so much. I love that scene. It never fails to oh. make me laugh as many times as I've seen it. So good. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, we'll give the answer to that trivia question next week. And uh, until then, if you want to try to tweet us the answer, feel free. Yeah. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at Offbeat Tracks. Yes, and we um, also have our own little website on the internet. It's very fancy. It's uh, Offbeat Tracks Cast. Com. Yeah, you can listen to all the old episodes there, yeah. peruse the archive, and see some bonus material on some of the episodes that Ooh, we stick yeah, up yeah. there. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, I'm Max. I'm Danielle. See ya. See ya.